0: This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite.
1: to the 164th episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson. And with me today is my friend, the man that has never, ever, not once, undefeated in his life, in arguments. It is our frequent collaborator, Mr. J.R. Perez. How you doing today, J.R.?
2: I am doing wonderful, Floyd. Uh, Finally, after a month of where I feel like it was 100 plus degrees, it is starting to get a little bit cooler now. I'm excited because fall is in the air. And when fall comes in the air, it's Halloween time. With Halloween time comes Halloween ends. But I digress. Let's get back to why we're here. Let's talk about some all elite wrestling.
1: All right. Before we get started on all things elite and talking about the A-everything AEW, you are hearing me hosting the show, which is not usual. Austin' schedule got changed at the last minute. He is actually at work right now, so he wouldn't have been able to record. Uh, he did record a little video, uh, a, a audio recording. Um, I listened to part of it. I'm going to figure out a great way to put it in uh, because I believe what he has to say has to do with the breaking news of the week or the top story of the week so i'll throw it in there we'll miss austin but we will talk to him next week might adjust the schedule on the days we record but we do what we can because austin's way better at this than i am so but you're uh, hopefully you can today you can bear with me and jr basically it's like I just happy tenth anniversary to One Nation Radio. Want to throw that out there because it's funny. They talked about how they got started on the show and how they basically they would just do these talks and then they decided, you know, hey, let's record it, let's do a show, that kind of thing. And honestly, me and Jr. Talk probably more than two humans should. Absolutely right, Jr.
2: One hundred percent between professional wrestling and. NFL and college football and life, we spend way too much time on the phone.
1: We literally talk to each other more than two humans should. Like, if somebody else told me they talk to their friend as much as I talk to JR, I would immediately think they're weird. So, if you think we're weird, I actually, I can honestly say this I am. I'm 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 pretty weird. As you'll get from a lot of my thoughts on the show this week, I am pretty 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 weird. <coughs> and JR, like a good friend, matches my weirdness. He doesn't really admit it. He he just says he's never wrong. So that in itself is weird. So uh JR, uh you know what we're going to do before we hit our Big news of the week. We're going to make sure you're downloading this fine show, Google or Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating and review if you're so inclined. Follow us at at Elite Pod, uh, and then at Social Suplex, and then at Austin Sumowitz. That's Austin S Z U M O W I C Z, or at Floyd Johnson Jr. If you want to follow me directly, that's F L Y D J O H N S O N J R on Twitter. And you can follow Jr. at Lucha Professor on Twitter. Uh, you'll see him. We'll, we tag each other in a lot of posts, so you can always find us that way. JR's kind of the unofficial member of all things Elite. He really does not like recording every week, so that's why he's kind of the unofficial member. I can generally talk him into filling in when needed to. So thank you, Jr. as usual, and let's... Get right into the big news of the week. It's what everybody's been talking about for a week. We're almost late to the party because we're just talking about it now. Uh, Suspensions announced in AEW. Uh, CM Punk, Ace Steel, The Elite, and Brandon Cutler all suspended pending the investigation investigation into uh, the alleged fight. After uh, a fight. And I guess it would have been. During the all out press scrum. In reaction to. Per, uh, CM Punk's. Uh, comments. Again that part lasted a long way. Anybody listening to the show knows about that. And all the rumors. Well the fact is. We got suspension. and uh, So JR we're going to start with you. Okay. We're going to try to do this in sections. First of all. What do you think of Tony Khan's decision to suspend the wrestlers? Uh,
2: Well, a few things. Number one, there's actually a few more suspensions. Uh, Michael Nakazawa, Pat Buck, who was an agent, and Christopher Daniels was also suspended as well. Uh, So that needs to be be added into that. And um, as far as...
1: Everybody around or near it looks like they got suspended.
2: (laughs) Yes. So from my understanding is that whoever was in that sc- scuffle melee, um, they were for the sake of, and this is to answer your question, what I think of a t- decision. So it, during the sake of investigation, um, and I've been a part from my organization, we've had investigations in a number of different areas. Um, and whether it's a public company, uh, uh, private company, a government agency, the best thing to do um, in order to prevent additional issues to arise is have those individuals suspended, and my assumption at this time is suspended with pay, Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, it's suspended with pay, you've seen this in Major League Baseball, you've seen this in the NFL when investigations are occurring, Individuals are sent home, they collect their paycheck until the investigation is concluded. And then once the investigation is concluded, then the, then you will see what type of punishments are doled out. So I think Tony Khan made the right decision to send everybody home. Don't talk about what happening. You're going to meet with them. Um, as we know, there's investigation that's, that's occurring. You're going to talk to investigators, figure out what happened, who who is at fault, at what percentage, um, and then go from there
1: yes um, uh, you might have uh, guessed this for my last week I think the suspensions now there's two sides I have to say this because I realized that lawsuits I did not know this and it later came out that people were threatening lawsuits and all that kind of stuff when you're dealing with legal and lawsuits that's a different thing Probably what you did is the best thing, right? But let's talk about how I thought before. Then I thought it was idiotic to suspend anybody. The reason being, um, that was the hottest thing that I'd heard about AEW since literally CM Punk debuted. That was the most I'd heard about anyone talking about uh, AEW since CM Punk debuted. People that I don't know, that people that I know that don't really watch wrestling... More WWE guys asking me what's going on with AEW. Hey, I'm gonna tune in to see what happens. Blah blah blah. They it was all the world was watching to see uh, the T. Is that uh, that would be the turn, or to see it explode, or to see uh, you know sometimes you just want to watch the world burn. They wanted to see the AEW world burn in front of them. So um, so. So in that way, in that case, in that other side before I knew, I have to say, good Lord, don't suspend anybody. Use it. Freaking CM Punk in the middle of the ring when the show starts. No one knows what he's going to say. Let him go off. Throw the title down. I didn't want to be the uh, champion of this stupid company anyway. Ratings. Ratings. Yeah, that's what I dig. But I'm gonna get more into that later. Uh, but yeah, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted it this to be super messy. Um, my pro, pro wrestling, the wrestling pro wrestling I grew up on, and I understand pro wrestling evolves, it adapts, all that stuff. My pro wrestling uses the fuck out of this, and that's the pro wrestling. I love so yeah. I wanted it used. I wanted names named. I wanted people call names. I wanted people saying Tony kind of stupid. I wanted want it at all. I wanted to bathe in the messiness. I wanted to be a pig and slop. Not necessarily what I got, but yes, one way legally, financially, company wise, probably the best decision. Storytelling, a potential growth. Probably definitely not the it's definitely not the best decision. So we're gonna move on to the next thing I want to cover, right? Uh in this same thing. Are you team punk, team elite, or something else, JR? So for me, I'm
2: um being completely non biased. I am Team AEW, and what that means is that you have to think of the what's in the best interest of the organization. And there's a lot of blame to go around. There's um, Tony Khan has blame as being the who oversees the company because as part of his leadership, you have to look at what did I do as a leader to contribute to the situation. That could have been allowing certain practices to occur. That could have been not addressing issues or conflict that has arisen. Because uh, this is not something that just in the, you know, out of thin air came up between CM Punk and the members of the elite. So I think CM Punk deserves blame for going about business the way he did. And as the term is used so eloquently, airing out Berry Laundry if he had a serious issue talk about being a professional and this is a business, he should have aired those grievances to Tony Khan and demanded that those issues be addressed. And I think who holds uh, more blame than CM Punk is the elite, because at the end of the day, the elite is the executive vice president of that company. Whether that is just a title and there's no power to that, they are executive officers of that company. They're held to a higher standard than any other talent in that company because they're executive officers so they hold a lot of blame as well and i don't um they should have been the ones that also went to tony con after the fact you know if, th- if this did occur with Punk said hey we need to fix this this is a problem this is going to continue to um devolve into a situation where altercations are going to break out we're going to have this negativity. This is going to create a horrible working environment for everybody. We need to fix this. Um, and so I don't. I'm not anybody's team. I think everybody has has a has to uh, shoulder the blame in this. And hope in whatever decision or outcome that comes out of this. And I forgot to mention this. Uh, FIFO Select has reported that with the suspensions, it's unclear how long these suspensions are going to last. My assumption, as I said earlier, is that it's going to last throughout the, dur- the duration of the investigation, however long that takes, but um, even the talent who are suspended, they are not given, or agents are not given, they weren't given a time of how long they expect to be on the sidelines. But I'm for the locker room and the what's in the best interest of AEW, so that's my side.
1: All right, so I'm going to be simple. Uh, everybody knows how, how I've rolled with the Elite for years. Uh, since basically Cody uh, joined the Bullet Club and I watched the first uh, Wrestle Kingdom that I ever watched in full. We, we, that's beside the point. So I love the Elite. Got I have more Young Bucks signed items. This is a, a tr- crazy trivia that you probably wouldn't know. They are, I have more Young Bucks signed items than I have anyone. They're number one. Above FTR, which I've been on a roll with FTR, still smokes them. Right? Still have more Young Bucks stuff. Yeah. Met the Young Bucks. Young Bucks, Cody, or Becky Lynch. Somewhere in there. The most I've ever met anybody. Right? One of my favorite tag teams, right after FTR. Clearly, I know that's weird to say, but it was like I—I I was the kid in the—I was the kid when I was in uh, middle school. If you asked me who my favorite wrestler was, I'd say Sean. And you'd be like, "Who's your second favorite wrestler?" Brett. You know, you're not you're supposed to be a Sean or a Brett guy. I was like, I like Sean and Brett. Like you're supposed to be a FTR or Young Bucks guy. I like FTR and Young Bucks. They both bring. They both do what they do better than anyone else in the world. I say this to say this. Yeah, they kind of, the Elite last year, and uh, with, uh, well, earlier this year, with everything working out, and it's perfect, and it's worked out for Cody, I kind of feel like, you know, maybe there was a little something there with Cody and the Elite. And I feel like the reason Cody might not be in AEW is that relationship in general. And I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, I can let that go." I'm, I'm like, whatever. I don't have any, uh, I don't have any solid evidence. And then Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega, Mr. Kenneth Jerome Omega, uh, had that interview with uh, Dave Meltzer, where he, in the most eloquently. Uh, eloquent and professional way buried Cody. And I was like, at that point in time, love Kenny Omega as a wrestler, the character, but whatever his real name is, Tyson, whatever, fuck that dude. So if you ask me what team I am, I'm team punk. Because as I've broken down a lot of ways, when I've broken down Team Punk, I've been very clear that I feel like he was the one wrong in this situation. Did his reaction measure the level that he was wrong? No. But I'm more, I will more focus on if you were wronged than if your retaliation to being wronged was what I deemed acceptable. I'm not going to go like, I hate you because you retaliated too hard. I'm going to be like, you were wronged. I get it. People retaliate to the level that they were. And in this CM Punk thing, if you heard the interview, if you if you listened past the anger, as I stated last week, you heard he felt he was wrong. And in not a lot of ways have you felt that he wronged anyone until he started replying to he was wrong. Did he go off the cuff and bury someone before Hangman? As far as everyone was concerned, as far as every interview, he was the perfect locker room guy. He was helping young wrestlers. He was cutting the great promos. He was doing whatever it takes. I literally saw him at AEW, at Rampage, on the side of the building with the line, literally taking pictures and signing autographs. (coughs) This man loved being in AEW. He loved dealing with AEW. And then some people made it clear that they didn't necessarily want him there. And from what I understand... It's based off something he didn't even do. So, yes. If you ask me who's right, I'm going to go team Puck. So, I'm going to move on to my last piece. Sir AR, who do you keep? If you have to keep one side or the other, who do you keep? Can
2: I choose neither?
1: I mean, yeah, yeah if that's ball? your opinion. So,
2: this is... um, I... Right now, it's, I will be completely honest, it's very difficult to say for certain because we are getting like bits and pieces of stories that are not matching up. I will say, in my opinion, based on some historical information that's out there involving a civil lawsuit, seems seal Punk may exaggerate a tiny bit. I'm saying may, I'm just saying based on the, the lawsuit. Of lawsuit loss, and according to rumors through Fightful Select, his story may have changed. It went from well, they kicked into the door to and they may have kicked in the door. So, things like that kind of made me lead to believe that his story may not ex- be on the up and up. But at the end of the day, these are rumors. This isn't, we don't know, we don't know nothing for certain until everything comes out, and even then, we may not know what comes out. from one of the rumors they said is that they're dying to tell us, but they're told to keep their mouth shut until everything is done. And then even then we don't know because of pending civil, civil litigation or even criminal litigation. Um, On one hand, I think both deserve severe punishment. I think it'd be very for CM Punk. I would say he should be suspended for a period of time without pay. And that should suffice. However, There's a part of me that thinks the way that locker room was created, going back to January 2019, there are many individuals who are supporters and allies of the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And it could entirely disrupt the locker room to a point where even CM Punk says, fuck this, I don't need, sorry to be blunt, but fuck this, I don't need this, I don't need this negativity in my life, I came here to help you guys out, you guys shit on me, I'm out. So he may not want to be there even if they kept them, but that's my recommendation would be suspended without pay. For the elite, their punishment is even more severe as I think they should be stripped of their executive vice president titles. I don't think they, with what they did, like I said, they're held to higher standards being executive officers. So by potentially committing the bigger infraction, um, or even if it's the same, they need to... Uh, be brought down to say you're just talent now because you should have known better being executive officers. You are held to a higher standard. Our locker room depends on you and you screwed that up. Um, and so I would necessarily, honestly I would just move on from all of them because I think you have the locker room and you have talent as shown as we're going to cover on Wednesday that can rally around certain leaders that will take your company into the next level um so i would get rid of all of them just to say this is my company i'm not going to tolerate this bullshit we're going to put on the best program we can and we're going to have a functional environment uh in for our talent now if you're besides that suspend sus, uh, significant suspension without pay for cm punk and then i would strip the elite of their executive vice president titles and make them wrestlers. Which so, in that so turn, you don't
1: it, you, so you don't want to get rid of anybody. You wanna keep everybody, is what you're saying.
2: If you're saying I have to get do if you're saying I have to get rid of somebody, I think you're going to have no choice but to get rid of CM Punk. Okay. I, I will say that I don't be based on the locker room allegiances that may be with I mean, that company, the the running joke was that it was called All Friends Wrestling because they were allies, colleagues who worked closely with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes at that time. Um, And from what the rumors you're hearing is that there are some that says that if CM Punk is not dealt a significant punishment, which was suspension without pay or fired, that they that that locker room is not going to be happy and a not happy locker room will create a toxic environment where he may not have the choice but to leave. So I mean, if I have to pick one, it's gonna be CM Punk.
1: So let me go into my uh, uh my side of it. It's honestly gonna be very short. I, I've actually said this in a group chat that I'm w- in, in earlier. I don't care in this particular case who's right or wrong. I really don't. I've never cared who right who's right or wrong. I you know I see the CM Punk side of it. Whatever. What matters to me. Is that you use this, you know, that's always been my thing. So uh, in this particular case, CM Punk is 40 something years old. Okay. He's had three matches. His last three matches, six man tag injured. Get squashed in three minutes. Then he has the world title match injured. They're, they're not small injuries. They're significant injuries. And if anyone here that's listening knows how the human body works, once you start getting older, without the without uh, taking drastic measures, whether it's human growth hormone, steroids or something, your body doesn't generally get better. It gets worse. You start breaking down more, right? So as far as I'm concerned, as much as I love CM Punk, as much as I think he's right, as much as I want to keep anywhere. He's broken. Kenny Omega's out the hill. Young Bucks haven't missed really any significant time since they uh, got there. So you got, I have these three guys. that are literally essential to my company. One is the first world champion. They were the trios champions, uh, you know, t- uh, tag champions or whatever. They, they are essential to how you run. And this other guy, who brings in more eyes when he's there, but literally gets hurt every time he wrestles. And yes, I count two out of three times every time you wrestle. I know it's not every time, but come on. Anytime you put on a match that lasts more than five minutes, you get hurt. You go with the smart money. The smart money was the Bucks and Kenny. (laughs) It's just, this is not a right or wrong decision. This is a financial business decision. I'd rather take three healthy bodies... And the loyalty that comes with them, then this dude that's literally out for eight months. Like, we're not going to see CM Punk into maybe, like, if I'm, I'm just doing quick math, the earliest Revolution, maybe Double or Nothing next year. Come on, you can't put your, you you can't put your money behind that. So even if you don't fire Punk, just pay him to stay home. You have to pick the elite in this situation. It's the the business uh, pick. You pick the elite because it's lack of a better term, best for business. And I definitely wasn't going to use the WWE thing, but it, it just works in this case. And I'm sorry they didn't invent the term best for business. So, yeah, there's no way you pick Punk. He's broken. He's done without the intervention of drugs, which he really says he doesn't use. So, who do you? Pick? I mean, Jr. I will have you. Hey, I mean, am I making a point here?
2: You're absolutely making a point. I mean, um, <laughs> is that if you look at it, it's you know, you're put into a position where like this guy gets injured. There's also these these other conflicts, and I got to pick one. This it's not going to be him, but I, I'll 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 leave it at this. It's very unfortunate that these four individuals who have made successful careers in pro wrestling um, have allowed their egos to get in the way and create such a conflict that we may see some of them never back in AEW. And I'm really trying to rack my brain of, like, who, like who has like the last time this has happened to and I'm sure it's happened you know more in the last 30 years but I'm thinking like you know Ultimate Warrior walking out like getting fired by Vince because his ego got in the way and you know at SummerSlam 1991 and Vince had to fire him I'm thinking the issues between Eric Bischoff and Rick Flair and WCW like it's just it's you know, and that's that's a boss to a, a wrestler, not a wrestler to wrestler. And I know, you know, obviously the lead is executive vice presidents, but it's just very unfortunate because there's so much more business to be made for each of these individuals and even working together. Um, that they can't find some sort of common ground because it doesn't look like they're gonna find some sort of common ground. That the, that ship has sailed. You heard Punk say it. The time for apologies are over, so you know, and I guess that's one of the things with CM Punk is that he's in a position where he can say whatever he wants because of the success he has in his career, and doesn't and can just easily say I don't have to be here. I can leave just like he did, you know, eight years ago, and. You know, I'm sure the Elite can do something similar, too. Hey, we made a lot of money. We founded this company. We could also leave too, if you don't want us here. I, uh,
1: I I mean, you know what? I can't really say anything because, you know, for the most part, I agree with that. It's just, you know, ultimately, I hope everybody can put on their big boy pants, say, hey, let's use this to make some money and move on. But I feel like if that was going to happen, it would have happened like a week ago. You know what I mean? But we'll see. Anything can happen in this wild, world of professional wrestling, which I love so much. And honestly, everything that's going on this week is kind of what I love about professional wrestling. Other than, you know, the actual performances, man, it's like a, it's like a real life soap opera outside of wrestling. If someone, if you could get the right writers and the right stuff, they could do a professional wrestling soap opera, and I think it would go over so big. And you never actually need wrestling out of the ring, just. Who wins this match? Who doesn't? Man, you dyed your hair blonde. My hair was already blonde. You dyed your hair blue. Oh, you're going to go by this name? That's too close to my name. Our gimmicks are too close. You just, all the shit you hear from wrestling seems like it would make a great soap opera. It's like the Maman family. Like, you basically, you know, Dynasty or Young and the Restless or any other good shit. But, alright, so that's how we open. Hello,
0: I'm Austin Sumowitz, and I am from the All Things Elite podcast, and the reason why you're hearing me in this form right now is because I am not able to be on the podcast this week due to my work being rescheduled. I'm working the day that we normally record the podcast, me and Floyd, so I'm not able to be on the show in a live capacity, but I have this pre-recorded thing that I wanted to send over to Floyd because I felt the need to get my thoughts out about the continuing developments that we're getting with the suspensions and... The fallout from the all-out media scrum and subsequent backstage brawl between the Elite and CM Punk. Um, of course, on Dynamite, the titles for the trios champions and the AEW world champion were stripped. Um, we have new trios champions, which we will for sure talk about in this episode that I'm sure either Floyd will mention. I don't know where this is being put in the episode, so I'm just making it so like I'm not spoiling anything. So there's, there's that, but... Um, And then we also have the tournament for the AEW World Championship, which will go out all the way to AEW Grand Slam. And I'm very excited about that, but I wanted to give my thoughts on the continuing thoughts that I have about CM Punk. And this will probably be the last thing I say on the matter until we get new developments. Because quite honestly, I'm kind of done talking about it, and I want to just kind of leave things as they are right now. So what I would say is, because um, we have been confirmed from reports from Wrestling Observer and other uh, sources saying that everyone has pretty much been suspended. We don't know for how long. We don't know uh, the severity of the suspensions. And hell, with uh, CM Punk, we have been given information about the tricep injury he suffered in his match against John Moxley at All Out, and that's supposed to keep him out for eight months. We don't know how the suspension, if he has one, affects that or if he's just going to be out for eight months with the injury. We don't know. But regardless of the fact, Punk is gone. The Bucks are gone. Kenny is gone. And I'm going to just focus on Punk because everyone knows that's my guy. Because I'm sure Floyd and whoever else is on the podcast uh, will go into way more detail about that if they haven't already. What I will say is that there's two angles I want to take with Punk, and I'll make this as quick as I possibly can. Because the first thing is that we've seen that the locker room mentality towards CM Punk has definitely changed. And the changing factor is the fact that, well, people weren't happy about the things he had to say. People weren't happy about him going into business against Hangman and his response to how he felt Hangman took into business for himself – and then the whole fight that took place backstage. So Punk, in terms of wrestling, has shown that he has fallen in love with this business again, or at least pro wrestling in itself. The problem is Angry Phil Brooks has made his return alongside CM Punk for the first time, and we saw him at the media scrum, and quite honestly, he could have stayed home. That's that's the fact of the matter. Angry Phil Brooks could have stayed home. And look, I understand still, and I've said, from everything that he's coming out with, he seems to be in the right with the grievances that he has. The way he went about it, though, it's very like CM Punk to stand his ground and spew on everybody and not hold anything back. But also, you're not going up against the machine. You're going up against three guys who have, well, actually four guys, in fact, with Hangman and the Bucks and Kenny who have been beloved by the AEW fans since the company's inception and is a reason why the company is what it is now. So it's not the same as going after Vince McMahon. It's not the same as going up against Triple H. So that's that. But Punk really needs to decide if he can get through all of the stuff that he clearly doesn't like about pro wrestling, which is feeling like he's being disrespected by talent, uh, not being treated the way that he feels like he needs to be treated, Just all the uh, respect, emotional, basically everything outside of the actual bell-to-bell wrestling. He needs to decide if he can get through that and put everything aside, do business, and make amends with the locker room, which, again, seemingly has turned against him, uh, in order to do business. Because if he can't, then we might be seeing another bridge get burnt because you ain't going back to WWE. And if you burn the bridge with AEW, I don't see Punk wrestling another independence. Like, he could wrestle in Japan, but I don't think that would happen. So that could be it for him wrestling wise. But then also on the other side of things, he suffered yet another injury in the span of, what, three, four months? First, it was the foot injury that took place after Double or Nothing. And now it's another major injury in a different location. And this one is a longer recovery time with the tricep tear being more of an eight-month recovery reportedly so punk is approaching his 44th birthday in october he needs to also decide can you physically still do this are you able to go out and wrestle against everybody on a consistent basis being on television and stay healthy because if you can't then you might have to call it so i gotta say again Punk has given me more as a fan in this return to wrestling than I could have ever imagined. I never thought he was coming back to wrestling. This past year, besides what took place recently, has been incredible and has been some of my favorite things to experience as a fan. Has it been perfect? No. But I never expected it to be perfect because, you know, it's Punk coming back after seven years. He's not in his prime anymore when he was wrestling in WWE or even when he was wrestling in Ring of Honor. He's not in his prime in that regard. So there's a really big difference between where he is now and where he was. But regardless, I got to see my favorite wrestler in a wrestling ring, and I never saw him before he left WWE. And I got to see his debut, I got to see his first match in AEW, and I got to see his first championship in AEW, probably might be his only, honestly, and I saw it all live. And I'm so grateful that I got to experience that. So... I've always said if Punk could wrestle for two more years or two more days, I'm I'm okay with whatever happens. But the fact of the matter is that his legacy has taken a major hit. As a big CM Punk fan, and again, stand by the fact that he's still my favorite wrestler and I still love Punk despite everything that has transpired. If you want to take a stab at my character because of that, I think you put way too much stock in people's wrestling opinions. But go ahead, whatever helps you sleep at night, I guess. But he is still my guy that I support, but I don't know him personally. And his legacy has taken a massive hit with this whole debacle that took place after All Out. So both emotionally with connections with the locker room and trying to make amends there and dealing with everything else outside of the wrestling part of wrestling – He needs to decide if that's worth it for him. And then he also needs to decide if, hey, can I physically still do this? Because if I can't do either of those things, I'd say call it a career. That would be my advice to Punk, which, again, I don't expect him to take. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. I'm just a fan of his. But he really needs to figure this out in the time that he's out because he doesn't need to do this. I'm so happy he has done this, but, again... He can do whatever he wants. He can go back to doing movies, commentate for CFFC, write comics, do anything support his wife with WOW Wrestling, Women of Wrestling. Got the whole thing wrong there, but he can do any of that and he's still fine in a career. Like Punk is still a brand at the end of the day. He doesn't have to wrestle. I would love it if he continued to do so, but you've got a lot of mending bridges in the AEW. Because if this bridge is rocky. It's still salvageable, unlike WWE, but it's rocky. And you got to do a lot of work to make things up. I understand if he's in the wrong at this point, like right now. I don't care who's right and who's wrong. I just want everybody to get along. I want AEW to continue to do great work. And listen, the show, Dynamite, that followed all of this was still great. So AEW is still putting on good shows despite all of this. So... I'm not concerned about the company in that regard. Dynamite was still great this week. I'm still excited for the tournament leading up to Grand Slam. And Grand Slam's looking like it's going to be a great show as well. So I'm just focused on the punk thing. And with him, he really needs to decide if he can really do this still, both physically and mentally and emotionally. So if he can't, thank you for the memories. I genuinely cannot... Thank you enough for everything that you've provided me as a fan. Punk is still in my good graces because he's given me a lot personally as a fan and as somebody to help me find uh, comfort in my own skin, sort of, in a way. I'll kind of leave it vague just for the sake of leaving it it vague. But, yeah, we got to really do a lot of fixing, though, if he wants to come back to wrestling again because there's a lot of problems that got to be fixed. But that's all I got to say on the matter for that. Again, apologies for not being on the show live. I will see you guys next week. But now you can get back to your regularly scheduled All Things Elite, hosted by my good friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. So I'll see you guys next week.
1: We're well, Now we're going to go into our Dynamite review. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a little different from how Austin does it because, you know, he's better at this than me. But we're going to go ahead and uh, look at Dynamite results from September 7th in Buffalo, New York. We got a bunch of Buffalo kids on the roster, as in the Butcher, the Blade, Allie, even though I think she's from Canada, but I guess she lives in Buffalo now, and Daniel Garcia. So, and speaking of the Buffalo kids, Daniel Garcia's main event in the show this week, but we'll get there in just a second. (laughs) Uh, So, Tony Khan starts off with the announcement of the kids' show. I don't generally read these, but I am. Says thank you for joining tonight. Following all out on pay per view this past Sunday, I've been forced to vacate the AEW World Championship as well, <coughs> well as the AEW World Trios Championship. <coughs> New World Trios Champion will be crying live tonight in our opening contest in a fight between Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends versus the, and, uh, versus the AEW All Atlantic Champion Pack and the Lucha Bros, aka the Death Triangle. The AEW World Championship is the single most prized title in all of combat sports also seems like the single most cursed title in sports this year and it will be added in the grandest way possible the AEW grand slam tournament of champions with seven world <coughs> seven time world champion chris jericho former AEW world champion and AEW world tag team champion hangman page uh six-time world champion brian danielson the all-time longest reigning tnt champion darby allen three-time TNT champion Sammy Guevara, and three-time world champion John Moxley fighting in a huge series of matches starting tonight. And a world champion will be crowned two weeks from tonight at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City at AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. I promise you that it's going to be the, going to be a great night of professional wrestling. AEW will do our very best these next few weeks on the road to AEW Grand Slam. Thank you again. And if you looked at the brackets, uh, we got two buys. Uh, Jericho and Moxley got a buy. So and then it was gonna be the winner of Brian Danielson and Hangman were gonna fight uh Jericho in the second round. And the winner between Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen were going to fight John Moxley in the second round. So those are the matches we got for this week. Was those two matches. Uh one happening on uh Dynamite, which was the Brian Danielson Hangman match, one happening on Rampage with Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. Um What did you think of this, Jr. And and specifically, the not naming of the former champions. Yeah, I mean,
2: they made it very clear uh, to not talk about what happened. In addition to that, they also removed them from the AEW Dynamite intro. That was the first thing I noticed. Um, You know, Tony Khan didn't have a choice. He had to strip CM Punk because not just because of the issue, but we come to find out that he tore his pectoral muscle out for I think eight months, as you mentioned earlier. So they had to crown a new champion. He didn't have a choice. And in some ways, I don't wanna say that CM Punk did Tony Khan a favor, but kinda did him a favor because, you know, you're gonna have to do this and doing it another interim title, it's you know, it's wrestling. Like it's wrestling. There's no need for term title. So crowning a new undisputed champion is the right way to go. Um, the trio's Championship, um, same way. You just crowned them. You gotta find new ones. Um, I, I don't necessarily like the way they did it. Um, they basically just threw it in, hey, you guys are having a match, so we'll just have you guys fight for the belts when I think there could have been a better way to do it, but... Um, it just it needed to be done, and I think Tony Khan was very strategic on not coming out because that audience was not very happy because, as you know, these fan bases are very, very divided, and they don't care who's right or wrong. They're either Team Punk or they're Team Elite. And that's all that matters. So,
1: Yeah, I just thought it was like a big old, I can do this without you. I want you here. I would like to have you here. My company works better with you here. I don't need you here. I can make this work. I can put on a great show. I have enough stars. I've built a roster where I can do it without you. We can literally forget you exist. And I thought that it was a power play by Tony Khan. And I thought it was, a, in my opinion, it might not have been at all. It might have been legal. There might have been other things. But I want to declare, in my eyes, power play, I don't need you. Because you could have had them in the opening. You could have had them on a poster. You could have had them on anywhere. You could have said their names. And it wouldn't have changed the message at all. But not having their names sends a very direct message that I don't need you. I can do this. All right. On to the next. We had MJF come out to the ring wearing a Buffalo Bills Josh Allen jersey. I am not going to read his promo. But just say MJF was in rare form. Uh, cutting a very face promo about being from Buffalo, st- you know, saying people are ugly. You know, he was really playing it up. And then John Moxley came out, and John Moxley is in the house. Uh, Taz says MJF didn't expect this. Uh, so uh, MJF and John Moxley exchange. John Moxley starts calling MJF on out on some of his BS, saying he's basically not a good dude. That seems to be all it takes to trigger MJF to go back to regular MJF and bury everything and everybody in, cl- in the city of Buffalo, including Josh Allen sucking, which just gonna throw it out there. Josh Allen threw a lot of interceptions on Sunday. He does he doesn't necessarily suck, but you know, not everybody can be Patrick Mahomes. Um then so uh John Moxley takes this moment to let him know this ain't the time, this ain't the place, uh you know, you know. basically, if you don't get out the ring, I am going to knock the shit out of you. Uh, then uh, Moxley cut what many will consider the promo of the year. I've heard people flat out say it's the promo of the year. Because of that, I am going to read some of it. I'm not going to get John Moxley's energy. I don't have his gruff voice, but I am going to read it. Now Buffalo, I'm no mood. I'm pissed off. I'm embarrassed. I'm pissed off about a great many things, but especially because I'm here without the AEW World Championship. The belt itself is just metal and leather. That doesn't mean anything. What means something to me is what the AEW World Championship represents. It represents passion for the sport, passion for this business, and the fans. Those three letters represent the dream and the vision that we all had, and we wanted to show the world just what pro wrestling is could be and in taking the dark and ugly side of business and let it die with the older generations the AEW world championship means being better than i was uh, than i was the day before it represents slaying demons it represents everything i love about this business but the fact remains on sunday i lost and that's on me and that's my fault i got pinned that's on me i missed the game winning shot i was surprised i was supposed to be on vacation until about two days ago but here's another chance it's a hell of a shot. The winners always want the ball when the game's on the line. From a great movie. I want the ball, so hell yeah, I'm going to take the shot because this just isn't the time to win. This isn't just winning time right now. This is time to be legend. Now, I'm going to comment first on this one. This is... I feel... I am not as high on this promo as everyone else, uh, but I will say... This is the promo that AEW needed right then. For if you're trying to get back on track, level respectability, this is the promo they needed. It estab- reestablished the AEW world title is the most important thing in this company. And he's like, I'm willing to take the, ignore the time off. I'm willing to ignore the pain, everything, and just give me the ball, and I want to run with it. So. John Moxley pretty much established himself as the face of the company in that promo. What did you think, sir?
2: I, I think it was exactly what needed to be done. Um, I mean, let's just be realistic. From sun from s- Sunday, beginning at probably 1 in the morning, Eastern Time, 10 in, at night, um, Pacific Time, to before All Out, Pacific, till the beginning of AEW Dynamite. It, it, it's a... It, The AW fan base, AW community, it was very negative situation. No one knew what to expect. It was very toxic because of everything that happened. And John Moxley needed to come out and basically say, Hey, you know, I, I don't know how to say it, but basically, you know, fuck all that bullshit. We're here to entertain you guys. We're gonna fucking we're here to do wrestling. That belt means more than one man. And, you know, we're going to rally the troops and we're going to move forward. And this is one of the things I've said from the first time that company, I, I hate going back to it, but I'll say it as quickly as possible. From the first time that company was founded, that company was created on basically really five people. Oh, uh, excuse me, six. Um, Try to do back in the head. Five people, the elite, uh, excuse me, six people, Kenya Omega. Cody Rhodes, Hangman Adam Page, the Young Bucks, those five, and Chris Jericho. Eventually, we would get the Lucha Brothers, SCU, and Pac. But really, when you look at the first double or nothing, as we get there, that's all we knew we we're going to get—like these few guys, like these, you know, dozen or so guys in matches. And that's what created that company was those six guys, the elite, the five of them, and Chris Jericho, adding in, you know the lucha bros and then the three members of scu was basically it. like that's all we knew and then Pop, that's your toll and i said the company needs to you know you're going to have established stars and you're going to have move on because there's going to come a time where you know they're not going to be in the company and can your company last and i think this is what needed it's like hey we have stars and we don't need you guys we got moxley we got brian danielson we got mjf we got chris jericho and we're going to put on the best show we can possibly put on and entertain these fans. and That's how I took that promo as.
1: All right. So that was Marksley's uh, word from it. Uh, we then came with the AEW World Trios match. We had the Death Triangle versus Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Uh, the In just the uh, last sequence, the Best Friends uh, walloped Death Triangle with the triple Canadian Destroyer. Taylor was isolated and ate a Fear Factor from Pena. Pac perched on the top and finished off Trent with the Black Arrow, new AEW World Trios champions, the Death Triangle. Sir, what did you think of this match? What did you think of the choice?
2: So uh, I thought the match was fun. Um, you know, I've always felt that Orange Cassidy has the following. And I was like, you know, eventually he's, you know, I think he's going to, he needs a, he's going to need to be a champion. And I felt that maybe Tony Khan would pull the trigger and have Best Friends be the champion, especially you think sometimes the best friends they do get uh, you know a lot of love. I think back during that time during the great pandemic era, the wrestling that we experienced, think of Best Friends, you know, Trans Mom Sue, the match, the I can't remember the name of the match, but it was against uh, Santana and Ortiz in the parking lot, and so I thought they were gonna you know pull the trigger on them and win the tournament that obviously didn't happen Then the up losing to, you know, in the semifinals. The issue I have is with the pick was the death triangle lost in the first round. So, obviously, you know, best friends, they made to the semifinals, lost to H- lost to Hangman in Dark Order. I just felt, you know, it was kind of like, hey, you guys are having this match let's just put the belts on and we'll crown the champions and move on the best we can. Um, I could, I could see wanting to crown champions right away. I would have maybe done, I hate saying it, I feel like we've had a million tournaments in AEW, but maybe a mini tournament and say, Hey, you know, this is going to be a semifinal match. We'll do another semifinal match. Um, it's also difficult because, and I'm going to stop at this. Um, you had the Trust Busters. In my opinion, that was just to set up for best friends to get a victory. House of Black, obviously, we know Malachi's taking the leave absent. Elite, obviously, gone. Dragonly uh, with the Love Faction and Ganabla didn't seem to be sustainable. Um, United Empire, uh, obviously, they're done for right now. And then you had Dark Order, John Silver was injured. So I don't think there was many options like that trios title. I remember thinking about it the begins like, Oh, it's going to be big. And looking at this tournament, it just didn't seem to work out. I think the way that we wanted to, and now moving forward, it's going to be interesting on how that championship is, is defended and the contenders that
1: come their way. If you look at a W history, um, okay. Uh, The established trios very early were the elite. Um, uh, The other one would have been the best friends in Orange Cassidy. Uh, They were uh, pretty much established before the first Dynamite. And then the Death Triangle was established. So you're looking at two of the three most established uh, six-man tag teams, trios tag teams. I want to be clear. I really didn't like. That they just threw those two people in and world the world title because that's that was my honest opinion at the time. But after I thought about it, these are two long, longest, most established six man uh, six man, uh teams or trios teams in AEW, and uh, whoever you gave the titles to were going to bring stability to the title, and that's right now with what everything that was going on. If you talk again about what was needed. Stability is needed, especially with establishing a new title. Whoever beats Pac and the Lucha Bros are going to uh, have to, you know, uh, you are going to have to bring it to beat them. And maybe you do the Orange Cassidy thing. Maybe you do a lot of other things. But this is a, a match you can have that can main event them three versus most other established three in the company can main event any show. And eventually, if the Young Bucks and Kenny come back, you get the Young Bucks and Kenny... Versus the Lucha Bros and Pack, which that that's 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 a five star match. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't need to know how. It's a five star match right there. You give them twenty five minutes and they break every scale you ever seen in your life. So great, uh, great idea to pick them. And congratulations to Pack, the person I had just recently met, the first ever double belt holder in AEW history. And by double belt holder, I mean holds two AEW belts at the same time of course I would love to say FTR but none of their belts are AEW so again yes the first double belt holder in AEW history so congratulations to Pat he deserves it. had a question it. he's been one of the most I was gonna say he's been one of the most stable competitors since the beginning he was one of the guys that were day one there so he definitely deserves it yes I sir I have
2: a question for you um so do we call him? You
1: know, um, I knew, I know you the joke you're making. Honestly, do we call him pack two belts? We call him Tupac? Yeah, yeah. I'm like California. Have to figured you would have to go with Tupac.
2: So I was I was wondering Tupac know, Neville. Not, for the for the record, not my joke. Somebody threw out there on Twitter. I saw it. I thought it was clever. I saw some uh some of the um one of Tupac's albums where they, you know, put. <laughs> pock yeah. on
1: it with the belt. I thought that was kind of clever. Oh, that's funny. A uh, Very nice guy when I met him. I, I definitely liked Peck. Uh, Tony Schiavone, backstage with the Dark Order. They cut a promo. Uh, uh, no, Tony... Oh, yeah, Dark Order. Jose interrupts and tries to sign 10. He doesn't want the Dark Order. He just wants 10. And John Silver looks at him confused and what's that all about? Now, I actually have a controversial take on this little segment. I think Ten should join Andrade. I, I, I think the uh, Ten, as a member of Dark Order, great. But the Dark Order, obviously, is dissolving to a point. I think he needs a little paint. You see what it's done for Anna with the JAS, which I think it has elevated her character. I think it's time for ben, uh, Ten to make that decision. Uh, take that mask off. Very attractive guy. Jack. Jack to the gills makes a perfect heavy for Andrade and Roosh. I think 10 should go hill. Sir, any, any thoughts?
2: Um, I was with you too. You said Anna Jay joined JSF, but that's a story for another day. I mean yeah, um,
1: it has elevated her. She's on TV a lot more than she was. Sure, let's go with that. Um, but Andrade and Roosh
2: with Jose they present themselves as a big deal. In my opinion, uh, obviously, Rush just got there. I just don't feel Andrade has been treated that way. And I think a lot of it was because his presentation. First, they tried to make it, it. didn't work. They tried to travel. It really didn't work well. And they keep plugging things. But if they do something very similar to what uh, MJF did with... Um, Alexander Hammerstone and I believe Rich Holiday, it called the Dynasty and MLW. Those two, and what you're saying with 10, take the mask off, give them a new look, put them in a suit. You may have something there as being low faction Ingo, Ingo I can never say it right, Ingonable. I see something there. It's possible, you know, I think it could work. It's just they need to do something to continue to. They do it themselves. They present themselves as a big deal, but you got to do something with them so that way they can find su- su- sustainable success, and I think that does work. And by joining them, you know, Ten, if he does, taking your idea, that could be your first credible threat for the trio championship against your new trio champion death triangle.
1: Alright, uh, next up, Penelope Ford versus Tony Interim Women's Champion Tony Storm. Uh, yeah, it was a nice match. Tony Storm won with the DDT. Uh, any thoughts on this match sir?
2: No, I just uh, continue building up Tony Storm until you get to that eventual unification battle against uh, uh,
1: Thunder Rosa. I miss Penelope, so keep using her. Keep her on my TV. Uh, the Acclaimed come out, and in the biggest, most written heel move in wrestling—the claim, Max. Yo, listen, and Max is about to do his thing, so he know he's about to say something about Kenny and the Bucks. Then Swerve, his music hits. Uh, Mac, uh, Swerve comes out. I got a joke for y'all. The claim is AEW World Tag Team Champions, but for real, uh. Billy cuts him off, says, This ain't your house no more. This is daddy's house, daddy ass's house. And because of, uh, because of all of you two weeks, it's an acclaim versus swerving our glory. So the acclaim get a rematch in their home state of New York. Now I gotta, okay, we gotta break this down, K Fig Boys, right? Right? Let me, let me break this down, K Fig Boys, why this doesn't make any sense. You're the champions, you're swerving Keith Lee, right? You just have this impressive match in Chicago, you win your match, right? What's your reward? What's your reward? You get to face the same team again in their hometown. What? You didn't cheat? You just won. Now, I like, it just to me, it's one of those wrestling things that doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. Like, oh, what's your reward for winning your match clean? oh, you now have to go wrestle them in front of their friends and family. Would this ever fly in any other combat sport? JR, your thoughts? Um,
2: Number one, no. Um, (laughs) Unless... If a champion retains the title in a clear, decisive finish, there would not be an immediate rematch. Furthermore, I will add this. Talk to Kayfabe. Um, If this was another company based out of Stanford, Connecticut, they probably would get crucified uh, for something like this. Now, um, this was teased at the – I think we mentioned this last week. This was teased at the um, presser um, or scrum, if you will, uh, that Tony Connor said he was thinking about giving the claim of uh, a media rematch and grand slam dynamite grand slam to um i think the term is to the chagrin of swerve didn't seem very happy about it keith lee on the other hand you know as we saw the peer review, he seemed to have some respect now i will say this and i i i, I keep said it last week i hope it's not true i hope this doesn't set up a heel turn swerve on keith lee and their reign was basically just to get them on the belts and try to get them over for an eventual hill turn um i think this championship while we've seen great matches and their match was great at all out and it could be controversial and i'm sorry i think you know the title since um them since the young bucks won it by defeating drastic express until this point has been booked incorrectly i think there would have been a better better moves that could have been done um with that championship but uh, the acclaimed, though, uh, as much as I'm an ATR fan, they're over like Rover. You hear it in that crowd. They uh, have, I believe, earned an opportunity to become AW tag team champions.
1: I just think Swerve and Keith Lee should have taken, I mean, maybe just Swerve took a shortcut to win. And then, then Tony can be like, okay, well, you took a shortcut to win. Now I'm giving them the title shot, in New York. But to just say, they just lost. I mean, if you watch the show, the other team was just better. And now, they, yeah. what's your reward for losing? Getting a title match in, in your hometown. No, I 100% see what you're saying. <laughs> even, if his name, even if it wasn't a shortcut, hey, his foot was underneath the rope. His
2: arm was on the rope. Yeah, something, something to create some sort of doubt. Yeah, yeah. okay.
1: But, hey, again... That's me overthinking, it's wrestling, it doesn't have to make sense. I want to be clear on that, I know, but this was just one of those glaring things, like wh- like I remember Swerve getting mad in the press conference about having to fight them again. He's like, why? And I'm like, maybe this leads to Swerve getting more pissed if they happen to lose. Uh, and uh, just to throw this out here, um, the Acclaim with their second title shot has gotten more title shots this year. Than the number one contender of tag team t- said tag team titles just throw that out there do what you will we get backstage uh, backstage with chris jericho and the jericho appreciation society uh uh yeah he's like he's got two little brothers uh uh sammy we taking on darby this friday and my other little brother danny garcia the biggest match in his career in his hometown tonight I know you're going to win. I believe in him, but since you left us alone at the celebration, I'm leaving you alone tonight. you got to win this on your own. Got to say, got to say, I didn't even think of it this way. This was the perfect way to give Daniel Garcia his moment at home. Doing all of that was the perfect way to give Daniel Garcia his moment at home without any direction, distractions. He's in Buffalo. This is how you get your moment. Uh, I never thought about it that way until like a couple like after the main event uh, TNT Championship match Wardlow versus Tony Nese. Any thoughts?
2: I hope this puts Wardlow on a
1: trajectory to just yeah, murder. I'm, yeah, I'm about to read the promo, so then we can. Yeah, uh, he said I've been hearing a lot that Wardlow has lost his momentum, and uh, let me tell you something: Wardlow is the TNT champion. It's a time to run everywhere. In the locker room and all of my fans that have stuck by me since day one That it's Wardlow's world Okay, now what were you going to say? Because I feel like yours was based on what he said Yes,
2: that this uh, That this puts Wardlow on trajectory To Get Wardlow over And I'm just I'm talking about Goldberg-esque run Just fucking Powerbomb Symphony Every single person Until he comes across the right opponent, um, and I'm thinking like powerhouse hobbs, for example, the right monster where that's going to take him into deep waters, that may be the one to beat him, may not, but just I mean Wardlow, you you gotta do what got him over, and that's just eating up people. And that sounds bad, but it's that's what you're gonna do to get his momentum back because it has been, and this is one of the issues with aW is that the chase to the championship is great. Once the chase is over, there's been it's been stagnant. and I think hopefully it's get Wardle back on track now.
1: yeah, I, I think that's what it's gonna do. i d- I do think he got a little distracted with the six man stuff with FTR. Uh, I mean, he got him on the make um, the big show, so I'm happy for that. So now they can start building to his next opponent. Then you got the first tournament match in the uh, Grand Slam Champions Tournament. I mean, and, you know, honestly, uh, this is very much it ended up on the list of two people I can watch wrestle every day. Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page. Uh, they pretty much have... You know, uh, pretty much have a classic match. But this is how it ended up. Uh, uh, we we had Hangman counter Brian Daniels running knees with a dead eye for a near fall. Paige went for the moonsault, but Daniel rolled out of the way. Brian blasted Hangman with a running knee. Paige rolled out of the ring. Brian tried for a top rope suicida. But Hangman powerbombed Brian on the apron and then follow up with a moonsault. This sets up the buckshot lariat. Hangman went for the Buckshot Lariat. Uh, Danielson Duck rolled him up and got the three. I thought that was an excellent ending. I love how in most of Hangman's big matches, the Buckshot, I know it's his finisher, but it plays such a huge role. Like when he lost to Jericho at the first All-Out, it was Jericho counted the Buckshot into the uh, the elbow. And it's just like, and uh, I remember uh, when he lost to Punk, uh, punk countered the Buckshot basically into the GTS. And now we got Daniel Bryan uh, countered the punkshot and uh, Buckshot into a roll-up. It's going to be a story, a hangman's career. Buckshot takes a while to set up. So a Wiley veteran is always going gonna, gonna to have that reversal in his back. So uh, I thought that was a really good match. This sets up Bryan Danielson versus Chris Jericho, a rematch from All Out. So, what do you think about the match? And what do you think? Uh, what do you think about the match? And what do you think about the rematch to come? You know, uh, the match
2: was a little bit different. Um, this kind of reminded me a little bit of they had they had two masterpieces earlier. Right so, think of Bret Hart perfect at SummerSlam 1991. This match was like King of the Ring 93. It wasn't meant to be, you know, to go an hour or You know, it went 20 minutes. It was a great match, but I think it was one of those ones where it didn't hurt Hangman because of the way the, the of the ending. It's just like, hey, I got you. I was, you know, this time I was, you know, I was this much better than you, Hangman. And so I, I thought it was. I thought the match was put together extremely well. I liked the ending because, like I said, I don't think it hurt Hangman. It's just he got him. He caught him. You know, he didn't make him tap out or, or use uh, or finish him with you know with his knees. And so. I really enjoyed it, and um, I don't know what as Brian Danielson moves on to the next round. I, I look at what's
1: next for Hangman. Uh, up next, we had Stokely. He was on the ramp with Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, William Morrissey, and practice squad of the Buffalo Bills. Good lord, this faction's huge. Damn, Stokely said he would. Uh, he knew everybody wanted explanation about what he did it all out. Stagehand said uh Stokely was running low on time. Smokely snatched the stagehand with the microphone. W. Morrissey blasted the stagehand with a massive boot and they beat him up. And then uh, uh Lee uh Mori- uh Moriarty showing a little uh showing a little more energy got into the uh camera and said, You got knocked the hell out which was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty funny. I laughed. So What did you think about this, of the establishment of this new group?
2: Uh, Number one, Lee Moriarty, shout out to you because Growing Up Friday was one of my favorite uh, movies that my parents hated for me to watch. I used to sneak out to my cousin's house to watch it. So uh, if that was a reference to Smokey and Friday, I completely loved it. So shout out to you for that. As far as, man, I am very confused because I don't think this group is a part of um, MJF storyline moving forward. I think they're, as you may have mentioned, hired hitmen, uh, which that's what it looks like. And so I'm, you know, you got some names out there. You know, a lot of people have been demanding a lot from, from Ethan Page. W. Morrissey has a great look. A lot of people love Lee Moriarty. So I'm very intrigued on where they're going to do with this moving forward. Stokely Hathaway has gotten a lot of uh praise because he is a great manager obviously he's moved on from you know jay cargo and the baddies so uh it's gonna be interesting how this faction develops over the course of uh and each week on dynamite and rampage
1: uh we got the pure uh we finished up with the pure championship match willow uta versus daniel garcia uh they both have a lot of chemistry Again, another one. Their matches are great. I don't know if I could watch them wrestle every day, but I think they're really, really good. Uh, <coughs> so, the finish. I always go with the finish. Yuta was issued a warning for hitting Garcia with the closed fist. Gar- uh, Garcia grabbed Yuta in the line, uh, dragon tamer, but Yuta countered it with the cross face. Yuta went for the seatbelt and got a two count. Garcia locked on the dragon tamer again. There was a little struggle, and then have finally had to tap out. Your new Ring of Honor Pure Wrestling Champion, Daniel Garcia. Without the assistance of Chris Jericho, said Excalibur. I did skip over a part. Pause before we talk about who won. They did this big thing for Daniel Garcia. And, and honestly, it's not even in the preview. So this Daniel Garcia co- uh, comes out to the ring, and West." Westside Gun is performing, so I'm thinking this is just a Westside Gun r- r- performance. And then all of a sudden, Daniel Garcia, Westside Gun's a Buffalo rapper. Uh, Daniel Garcia's from Buffalo. He raps Daniel Garcia to the ring. Again, I don't really know who Westside Gun is, never knew who the man is. I'm old. I always throw that out there. I'm old, not that really much into music in general. So, first time I ever saw Westside Gun. Was at an AEW event where he was sitting like to the right of me, and then someone told me he was famous. So he raps this. I don't know how many people know who West Side Gun is, but to the people that love rap, love Buffalo rap, this was pretty cool. Don't know the song, whatever, but it was very cool entrance. It made this match really matter. It made Daniel Garcia look big in a moment. He came out to the ring. Everybody saw this three, four days before me. I was like, Daniel Garcia is winning the title. All right, so Daniel Garcia taps out. Yuta, what do you think of all of this, sir?
2: Um, well, as a Mexican country boy, I'm not familiar with West Side Gun. What I am familiar with is with musical acts. Anytime you have a musical act um, that brings somebody out, it makes them a bigger deal. I, You know, whether it was motor, uh, Triple H and Motorhead, whether it was... Um, I remember Limbiscuit and Undertaker at WrestleMania 19. Uh, I um,
1: try to think of everybody. Triple I H and Motorhead.
2: Was, I said Triple H and Motorhead. I swear I said that was the first I, I, I thought it. you said uh,
1: whatever, whatever. I probably <laughs> wasn't listening. Go. You know,
2: uh, same thing uh, we saw at uh, um, Oh my God, Ru- uh, Ruby Soho and the band at Double or Nothing. We were there live for it. It was amazing. It just makes it makes a bigger presence, makes it a bigger deal. And then the match was great, um, it, and you had confetti at the end. I mean, this had to be one of the biggest moments, like if you really think about it. As far as um, I shouldn't say this, I'm gonna get shit for it, but like you think of WrestleMania 12 with Shawn Michaels coming down, coming down from the rafters, and he wins the championship. The boyhood dream comes true, and the fireworks go off. I mean tell me i'm wrong with this like had like a similar moment he had a big entrance with the musical act and then at the end of the match brian uh uh brian danielson puts the belt on him and uh red and black confetti comes from the crowd i mean what more could you ask for you you basically if you know he's an internet darling but over not people are gonna be like and who are watching this that they don't know follow the internet or follow them for like this kid's a this kid's a big fucking deal we need to pay attention to him
1: that's it. Someone plays, brings music to the ring. No one needs to know who you are because the rapper is you. Got wrapped to the ring, but big moment. Uh, Brian Damison walked out to the ring after match. You just shoved Danielson. You didn't. Uh, Garcia observed the code of honor. Daniel placed the belt around Garcia's waist, and it pretty much looked like Daniel Garcia was joining the Blackpool Combat Club. Like it really did. It really, really did. I mean. I have thoughts on what this might lead to, but we will see. All right, now we're going to we're just going to jump right into. Actually, yeah, we jump right into AEW Rampage. This is a uh, uh, you know pretty short show, of course, but I think this was I think this back got back to Rampage. You know what I mean? If you know what I mean, it got back to. Like the initial rampage. It's gonna take a few wee weeks for the audience to get back because people have gotten used to not watching it. But I think it got back to being rampage. So Yeah. Uh,
2: um, one of the things was uh Tony Khan kind of mentioned as the, the AEW has had a rash of injuries. CM Punk, uh Adam Cole, uh Kyle Riley, um uh Brian Daniels. So there's so many injuries and one of the things that he self admitted you know, we've really had to focus on Dynamite. And that's one of the dangers a lot of people have said who, who've done shows is like, is when you do two shows, sometimes one of the, you sacrifice one show for the other one, it's very difficult to book two shows. And I think this is clearest as case is that, you know, you really want to make sure Dynamite has a big focus. That is your primetime show. 8 o'clock Eastern time, 5 o'clock in the West, till 10 o'clock in the East and 7 o'clock in the West compared to your 10 o'clock in the East on Friday show. So um, now that some of these people are starting to get healthy, um, we should hopefully start seeing, I don't want to use the term stack, but I would say more probably bigger names, more household names on the show.
1: Yeah, I I just want to see storylines getting worked out on, you know, like good storylines getting worked out on Rampage. All right, so this show we started with the second match in the tournament. Sammy Guevara with Tay Mello versus Darby Allen without staying, which i I say this again. You know that he's wrestling the Jericho Appreciation Society. You know they're going to cheat. Faces just have no friends or their friends suck. You know, Darby could have found someone else. Whatever. I don't know. All right, so... Uh, we get to the end. Uh, okay. Uh D- Sammy tried a coffee drop of his own, but Darby moved. And a Jay ran out t- to decide th- to distract the ref. Sammy power bombed Darby on Darby's skateboard and then finished him off with the GTH for the win. It may not be popular, but a win is a win, said JR. What it, so that's the other Jr. What does this Jr. say about this match?
2: Um, these two men, we've known from the minute that they got into AW, will literally kill themselves to put on a show. They will do crazy, insane stuff. and there were some spots in here, and I remember one of them. Darby Allen did; he was like a forward slide through the underneath the bottom rope. And Sammy, I caught him with a cutter. I mean, it looked so clean and crisp and devastating when he did it. I mean, this match was everything you expected to be. They have tons of history um, in the, going back to the beginning of AEW. And so I, I enjoyed this, the next installment. These are guys who are going to help carry the company for years to come. So I thought it was great. I think, you know, unfortunately, I didn't think Darby was going to win, but um, Not that, you know, we couldn't get Moxley and Darby, you know, people would have ate that up, but I felt that Sammy was going to get, um, get the W in this moving forward to face Moxley, uh, which would be tomorrow, September 14th on Dynamite.
1: All right. Thought the match was really solid. You, and he the pillar versus pillar matches always deliver. Uh, the outside interference, you know, it, it's wrestling, so I like it. And I thought that was pretty cool. And But again, Darby, get you another friend other than Sting, because apparently Sting doesn't come to every show, so need you to get another friend. Uh, ROH TV champion Samoa Joe comes out to the ring. My fellow, my name is Samoa Joe, and it feels so good to be back here in AEW. I realize I've been away for a bit, and I apologize. I owe you much more violence in the near future. I'm here to say I'm open for business. The world's greatest lawyer, Mark Sterling, comes out, and you'll hear why. And Josh Woods and Tony Neese interrupts. Uh, basically, uh, you're, uh, we've never, cl- we never closed. Josh Woods is a former ROH Pure Champion. This on the Dinoite, he saved my life. I think he deserves a shot at the title you're right about joshua he's an incredible athlete so i say you sir should uh, you, sir should get everything that you ask for and joshua does deserve opportunity and of course he offers it right now he says no we're not doing it in buffalo we're doing it next week in albany and then a caliber excalibur points out there's some mind games again greatest lawyer ever his clients who never win anything on national tv keep getting title shots i don't know how it's possible Josh Woods, again, is a former ROH Pure Champion. Don't get me wrong on that. But it's like, how is he getting a shot at Samoa Joe? It's like, couldn't you come up with anybody more interesting for Samoa Joe's first appointment? Whatever. Like Josh Woods, I think he has talent. But I just I just don't think you've done anything to build up that he could actually beat Samoa Joe. So what do you think, JR?
2: Um. Gotta get Samoa Joe over. Josh Woods is a, is a great talent, but he's gonna be fed to the Samoan submission machine uh, come next week on Rampage. And I think this is one thing is uh, you know, fortunately ROH lives because Tony Khan bought it. Unfortunately, uh, he, they don't have a television uh, show yet, so we're gonna need to keep seeing some of these more matches on AEW television to make sure that the people don't forget that. The, the badass that is Joe, who's a part of uh, one of Tony Khan's company. I, I don't know. I, I wanna, I'm want i going to start saying Tony Khan Enterprise is what he's a part of.
1: All right. So then we had Madison Reyna Serena Deeb. The story of this match is Serena Deeb is basically saying she is the the professional, the technician, the professor of this route, and the coach, Madison Reigns, the coach. So Serena's basically saying, this is my yard. I like that they build a reason for them to wrestle. It didn't even take a lot, but it was just like, Serena wants you to know you don't belong here. This is my house. Serena D proves it. She smashes Rain's knee into the mat and then tapped Rain out in her deep tucks. I guess that's what it's called, And and then Excalibur added Serena D. Very happy for taking her yard here tonight. Any thoughts on that match?
2: Um, Good win by Serena D. I I know back um, in July at Death for Dishonor, she had a match with Mercedes where she lost. Um, Since then, in singles competition, Serena has won one, two, three, four, five, and this makes six matches in a row. So she's definitely getting built for something. I don't know quite yet
1: what that is. Hope she takes the belt off of Mercedes. I mean, you know, Mercedes is out injured, but that'd be pretty cool. Uh, we got Lexi in Air backstage for Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs, I went to All Out, took absolute Ricky Starks and put his ass six feet deep. Now I get to open the Book of Hobbs <laughs> and show the world why I'm Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, yeah. Uh, book of Hobbs. Hall of Fame, similar? Same? What'd you think?
2: Um, I I like Hobbs a lot. I just, I gotta see more where this goes.
1: Yeah, it was just, as soon as he said the book of Hobbs, all I could pop up in my head. Hall of Fame? (laughs) Hall of Fame. (laughs) He's gonna beat people up. Love it. Powerhouse. Alright, time for the main event. We get Claudio Castagnoli against my favorite wrestler in the universe. Well, tied for my favorite wrestler in the universe, Mr. Dax Harwood. And this is for the ROH title. We had a very good match, very physical match. This is what Dax Harwood does. Uh, And even Jericho said, what a match this is. This is by far Claudio's toughest title match for uh, Jim Ross. Uh, Dax connected with a slingshot, Liger bomb and Claudio for a two-count. Dax followed up with German suplexes. Claudio retaliated with a barrage of European uppercuts. How he was doing it, he was just uppercutting them. He was like, like, Dax couldn't even stand up. Uh, Claudio grabbed Dax with a giant swing. Uh, then Claudio hit the sharpshooter. Dax rolled through and applied the sharpshooter of his own. Claudio escaped and pummeled Dax with elbows then Claudio put the sharpshooter back on Dax and forced them to tap out. What do you think, sir?
2: This is... um, So, I, this match was everything I knew was going to be. Very physical, technical, hard-hitting match. These are both uh, amazing talents. I, I love Dax. And at the same time, I think in order to enjoy this match, you had to know that this title you know, was the title was online, there was going to be no title fin, you know, no change, the- it wasn't going to happen. And I think that's one of the things that, um, moving forward, I would like there to be a story built up, as you mentioned earlier, with Claude, with Claude, since he's the ROH World Heavyweight Champion, i know really try to tell something, like, they tease something at the end of Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, but I just need a little bit more. Like, I, I want to feel like there's an opportunity where the bell can't change hands.
1: I think there was a simple small change that could have made this match more believable. Make it a championship contenders match. Dax could have won, you know, to get another title shot. I know, just a small change would have added to where I didn't know who was going to win. Very good match. Very, uh, I, you know, how big of a fan of Dax I am. He did his thing. I'm tired of him. Tired. This second time this year, he's tapped out to the sharpshooter. Not really a fan of that. Uh, I'm, ge- I'm guessing it was his idea, unfortunately. But, yeah, don't really like it. But uh, really good match. Claudio come out, and they're doing a good job of giving him challenges to build up his Ring of Honor run. I think, I mean, again, think Dak's one of the best wrestlers. But as far as to, to singles wrestlers' levels, it's time for Claudio to take a step up on his next challenger. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. So, Yeah, if Cole is healthy, if uh, Adam Cole is healthy, maybe it's time for Adam Cole to try to be the four-time Ring of Honor World Champion. Or is it five? Whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of World Championships in there. So, all right. That was it for Rain Page and Dynamite from Buffalo. Uh, Overall, good week of shows. This is where you get to hear my spicy hot take. And JR's already heard it, so everyone else gets to hear it. Rampage and Dynamite was exactly what AEW needed. A very good show to show that the company was stable and it's going forward and it can move forward without the offending parties. AW Dynamite, and Rampage was not what I wanted at all. Oh, my God. Not what I wanted at all. They were really great wrestling shows. I'm not going to say that. And I love wrestling. But good lord, I wanted to mess. And it just felt like they missed out on an opportunity with a lot more eyes paying attention to them. A lot more eyes came in to say, hey, what the fuck is up? And what they got, they got a good to great wrestling show. They got a very stable, unmessy wrestling show. And a lot of people probably won't ever tune in again. I'm talking about the people that tuned in for the mess. They just, yeah, I'm good. Right? Yeah, didn't get what I wanted. I'm out. And you kind of saw as the ratings kind of dipped uh, through the night. Um, People wanted to see it. And I think you should have gave it to them. Again, I'm not saying this is exactly how you do it. Tony Khan could do it way better than me. Drama and all that stuff, way better than me. Start with CM Punk in the middle of the ring with his arm messed up. Talking about how stupid the company is. How these children let him down. Drop the belt and walk out. The Young Bucks came in and come out and say good riddance with their titles on the hand. Like, we carried this company for years until you decided it was, the water was warm and it was safe. And then you decided to join. And they bury him. And you start off real problems. And then Punk with the sling on his hand comes out to try to attack him. The security guards got to pull him out oh my god drama so much drama Mm-mm-mm. delicious delicious attitude era violence and drama and suspension of disbelief that's what i wanted and i know i know i host the all things elite podcast and we're all about the proclivity of positivity i am but i i, I want i want it messy i want it super fucking filthy Pig and slop, dirty, messy. I wanted a reason for a person that never tuned in to AEW uh, before on September 7th to have a reason to tune in on September 14th. What'd they get? A really good wrestling show. Nothing wrong with that. That's a really good wrestling show. Reading I Love AEW. Every week is really good to great. Every week is that. But come on, where's the drama? You had it, you had the eyes. You had the moment. Where was it? And again, I, I, I've, I, I'm going to do the sentiment that some people said. I don't know who said this because this was my original thought. Dude, if y'all are grown ass men and y'all can't get past this to make money, what are you doing in wrestling? This, this Seriously, what are you doing in wrestling? This shit's been going on forever and people use it to make money. So why didn't you use it to make money? So again, this is my personal thoughts. I know a lot of people that are very happy with the show. I talked to one of my best friends, The Voices of Reason, and she's like, man, that's what AEW needed. And I'm like, sure. Because I have to say, I understand AEW needed that. But it literally disappointed the hell out of me. <laughs> I wanted it to be filthy. I wanted somebody to address something. Nothing happened. I want to take it. I w- I'm like, literally, like if, if I was one of the people that tuned in, I'm 15 minutes into the show and I'm out because you got nothing. Now, again, I've told JR about this, so he's already had. but I want him to rebut or say what he thinks so everyone else can hear it. Well, unfortunately
2: for myself, I'm a little bit broken and I know that I curse like a sailor and say fuck a lot but at the end of the day i i tend to think of things on a more professional level now with what floyd is saying isn't wrong because people like drama there's a reason why bro housewives of hollywood or florida or whatever it was not they're is number one and constantly number one. There's a reason why the challenge is constantly number one. There's a reason why some shows are always in the top ten because people like drama, they like negativity, they like the nonsense. It is what it is. I don't know what's about humans in their nature. They enjoy they enjoy seeing the wreckage and the turmoil. It is what it is. Um I mean I can't say anything. I, I don't want to say anything like saying Floyd is wrong because a lot of thinking is sound that people love drama. They do. Um, I just know it wasn't going to happen because obviously when you talk litigation, that's the lawsuits, you can't say anything. You just, you have to stay quiet. Part every party has to stay quiet because the minute one person opens their mouth, that just, that just allows for ammunition and any sort of potential litigation. And, um, I just knew it wasn't gonna happen that's why when even when max caster was like i'm taking notes on twitter like i'm writing all stuff down i'm like i don't know why everybody's getting excited nothing's gonna be said i even said like it's gonna be a mid promo which it wasn't even a promo because swerve cut them off it's just how things work out and i go back saying it's unfortunate that it that everything devolved towards that day uh i hope this gets addressed soon and fixed um Between the independent investigation done and we get some sort of sense of resolution moving forward. Um, And it's just, there's a professional wrestling has a lot of dark stains in its past. Um, And this is another one. And, you know, it may not seem like a big deal, but it is a big deal. You've had the star of your company. Like, imagine Stone Cold Steve Austin and all of a sudden got into a. A fight with the Undertaker, Triple H, and The Rock, and now it's like the four of those guys can't be on the company anymore. It's just it's sad. Um, I just wish people can learn how to come. To- people can learn how to come to some sort of resolution and move forward, um, because it's a business, and you want to, and the goal is to entertain the fans and make money.
1: Yeah, and that's what I want. I just want, I just want entertaining television. And like I said, I know some people just like the athletic side, the professional wrestling side of professional wrestling. And to them, I'm glad you got what you wanted. But I like the messy. I like, I like, I like it messy, and I would have loved some messiness. Well, well, let's finish the show with a AEW Dynamite Albany preview. Shout out to my boy Dave Finichel, who will be in the building with his kid. Enjoy it. Tell him about FTR and make sure he's in love. Uh, then we so uh, we only got three matches announced right now on the card. Uh, you know we're gonna get something announced the day of, but we got Tony Storm and Athena versus Serena Deeb and Britt, uh, Britt Baker. We have uh, the second round or semifinal action in the tournament. We have John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara. And on the other side, we have another Blackpool Combat color versus JAS match. We got Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. All right, so who do you got winning, sir? The um,
2: in the semifinals.
0: Uh huh.
2: I've been thinking about this a lot because I think they go one or two ways. I'm unfortunately, I'm a very, I'm just a classic. Like a classic baby face versus good guy. There's got to be some shenanigans. I would like to see Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara in the finals. Um, I feel like we're going to end up getting Moxley and Danielson, but I would like to see Danielson versus Sammy Guevara in the finals.
1: People are going to hate what I have to say. I think it's going to be Moxley versus Chris Jericho in the finals. With uh, the boy, Daniel Garcia, finally choosing the side and turning on Brian Danielson.
2: Yeah, I hate that.
1: Jericho versus Mox, live from New York. Let's fucking go. Let's go. JAS versus Blackpool Combat Club in the Grand Slam. So, yeah, let's do it. But, yeah, I think Daniel Garcia finally picks his side, which he needs to. And he beats Daniel Garcia. I mean, uh, Daniel Garcia screws over Brian Danielson. Mox versus Jericho. Let's go. Because I just think they're trying to go with big names for it. I mean, Mox and, Mox and Danielson works. But I think Mox and Jericho, two biggest names you can go to for to decide the world title in uh, Grand Slam in New York. Let's go. Let's do that. Tony Storm and Athena versus Deeb and Baker. I literally have no idea who's going to win. I'm thinking uh, Baker, uh, maybe Deeb uh, taps out Athena or Storm, and then you give Stony Storm Deeb as her first challenger, and maybe Baker has a problem with it. I I think that's probably the logical way to go. What do you think? I agree. Yeah. All right, interim titles are always fun because you know they can kind of just go wherever they want to with them. So that is Dynamite this week. Uh, Just kind of a uh, few notes. September 23rd, uh, full gear tickets go on sale. Me and the boy JR will be online trying to help our boy Alex get tickets. um next month make sure you're looking out for your schedule because of the nba and all world series and all sorts of things it looks like dynamite and rampage are going to be moving around i am going to be announcing that through the month as we get all the dates but i don't have them ro- wrote down right now again austin is way better at this than they i am so we're gonna get those out for you make sure everybody's aware but I believe that's all the news and notes for this week. Uh, but make sure you watch uh, watch the Sammy vlog. I thought that was pretty funny this week. And uh, Private Party has been doing their own little vlog. And Isaiah, Isaiah Cassidy and Daniel Garcia might need the new tag team to watch out for. Because they seem like the best friends in the world. And uh, so I thought that was... I, I watched that video and I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and uh, well, who was on uh, RJ? RJ? was on uh, aew? Oh yeah, uh, I, I was gonna call him two paleo, but uh, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker—that's his last name, right? Yes. All right. So they were on. Uh, Daddy Magic was on there, and they were they were having good fun. Uh, but yeah, that's everything for this week. Do you have anything else else left, Jr? Uh,
2: no. Um- like I said, I, I I think we're going to see a new I don't want to say per I'm not gonna say permanent or new era. I was I'm gonna say use a new interim era in AEW and I hope that we use this time in AEW to find the talent that will help carry AW to the next generation. Um, whether establishing new talent creating new main event stars, putting over new talent um, because it's, I think it's important to the success of AEW to do that. And I think over the course of years, we've seen some talent kind of get built up, something happens and they kind of gets fall back down get stagnant. So I look forward to what the future um, of AEW is throughout the, the end of 2022, because If the full gear poster is any indication, we're going to not have some long-standing talent um, through this next pay-per-view cycle. I think I said that correctly. Pay-per-view cycle, or through the next pay-per-view. I'll just leave it at that.
1: All right. Well, uh, make sure you're following us uh, at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. Make sure you're downloading it. Make sure you follow me and anything and if you have any questions for the show want to give a shit make sure you hit us up on twitter or all things elite pod at gmail.com with that i leave with the only thing dedicated my last section a lot of you don't even listen to it but again happy 10 year anniversary uh for uh, one nation radio uh you know when i uh first got into podcasting on other than my small podcast, and I got on Social Suplex. I listen to Keeping the Strong Style, One Nation Radio, every week. Uh, I wish I could be 20% as cool as Rich and James are effort, effortlessly. So I want to shout out to them. I want to be like y'all when I grow up, even though you're both younger than me. All right, so to that, I leave you all the way I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.